world's on fire, our culture is disintegrating. Hey, pass the salt. It's time. It's time. Hey, you, pass the salt. You know what, why it's disintegrating? Because we're jellyfish. <laughs> pass the salt, will you? Pass the salt. Pass the salt, amigo. It's time. It's time. I think they could give us a new name. I believe we are Evan Jellyfish. Hey, will you pass the salt? Pass the salt. We need salt over here. It's time for Pass the Salt. Pass the salt. But we like to share the gospel without any backbone to it, see? The views, opinions, and seemingly outrageous comments expressed in this program are based on the Holy Spirit leading of a man called Coach. I gotta ask you this out there, Christian America. It's time for Pass the Salt with a coach, Dave Daubenmeyer. Hey, good uh, Friday morning. You believe that? This is show number, Munzer, are you listening to this? This is show number 1,844. 1,844. And uh, friends, you you know, it's kind of flea flicker Friday. You know what we do on Fridays. We're going to take communion here in a second. So, Tom, you need to get some wafer or something to take some communion. But I'm going to, I have a guest this morning. Believe it or not, we're going to get to it. And it's a long story. And I'll tell you a short story about this long story. And uh, so we're going to kind of, I don't do a lot of guests, you know that? So you got to be pretty good to get on get on here with me as a guest. Tom and I go way back. We'll talk about that here in a second. Joe's joined us this morning with his uh, uh, with his smiling face out there on the West Coast. And uh, we're going to dive into taking a little bit of communion here, Joe. So I'm going to serve it to you, brother. You're up and ready to roll, and then we'll get after it. Yes, sir, Coach. If we could go to Romans 6, 20 to 23, please. For when ye were servants of sin, ye were free from righteousness. What fruit had ye? than in those things whereof ye are now ashamed. For the end of those things is death. But now being made free from sin and being servants to God, ye have ye fruit unto holiness and the end everlasting life. For the wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen. Amen. Um, hey, Joe, if, if I could stop. Let me just yes, stop sir. you there a second. I, let me stop you there. I just, I just got a, a text from somebody. Folks, listen. <clears throat> Here's, I'm going to tell, say this to you as plainly as I can. My Catholic tradition taught me that I couldn't take communion without going to confession. In fact, at, 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 in the Catholic Church, you went to confession and then you took communion. You didn't take communion apart from confession. And so like so many things that I see happen, I, I believe it's happening in religion, is uh, we've legalized and put rules and regulations to everything. And I believe that salvation is a free gift, and I believe that communion is a free gift. And you could have had your first communion, you could have had your 12th communion, you could have had your 18th communion, and if you're not in a right relationship with Jesus Christ, then you shouldn't be taking it. But if you are in a right relationship with Jesus Christ, and I believe the Bible teaches this, that we just confess our sins. He's faithful to forgive us of our sins and cleanse us from all unrighteousness. So the uh, Bible says that we're supposed to examine ourselves. So all of us, I don't care how, how strong you are a Christian, you need to examine yourself before you uh, understand the body and blood of Jesus Christ, which was sacrificed for you. So if you're out there and you're a little bit hesitant, you don't know if you want to do it, and you, you don't have anything that's been blessed, and all you have is a piece of bread or a cracker, it says as often as you do this, do it in, mem- in remembrance of me. The Catholic Church teaches that this is the actual body and blood. It's called uh, transubstantiation. They believe this actually becomes the body and blood of Jesus Christ. Uh, I don't believe that, but I believe that Jesus Christ is in the, in the elements, if that, if that makes sense, right? So through through confession and obedience, all of you, as uh, Joe leads us through this, you ought to be in your own heart, examining your own heart, and asking the Lord to forgive you of, uh, of our trespasses. Just want to make that clear, Joe. Go ahead. No, no, you're you're right, Coach. Because um, it is a serious thing we do here every Friday. Uh, 
If we could have Matthew 26, 26 to 29, please. And I'll say a short prayer. Dear Heavenly Father, we thank you again on another Friday morning when through the modern miracles of technology we're able to join together in agreement from so many places in this great country where we live in and from some places around the world. And we thank you for every, all the blessings you've shed upon us. And we thank you for, for, bring, for having us here in these interesting times that we live in today. And Lord, we find ourselves facing things that we some of us never believed we would see in our lives, and we find them, we encounter them day to day. But please let us not to forget to examine ourselves, as Coach just reminded us, Lord. Examine ourselves, ask forgiveness for our sins and transgressions, bring us cleansed into your sight. And we are so grateful that we have a God, we worship a God that gave his only begotten son that we may live and have everlasting life if we believe in him. And we thank and we please bless the, the bread and the drink representing your body and your blood, Lord. Bring this cleanse into your sight. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. 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 And as they were eating, Jesus took bread and blessed it and break it and gave it to the disciples and said, Take, eat, this is my body. They took the cup and gave thanks and gave it to them, saying, Drink ye all of it. For this is my blood of the New Testament, which is shed for many for the remission of sins. But I say unto you, I will not drink henceforth of this of the fruit of the vine until that day when I drink it new with you in my father's kingdom. Amen. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Amen. Amen. Thank you, Joe. Amen. Thank you, Joe. Thank you. Hey, by the way, Sunday night, Sunday night, we are doing I'm getting an email ready. I'm running a little bit behind it, um, catching up here. We are Sunday night at 7 o'clock. We're going to gather. Look, folks, there's a crack in their armor, and we're going to run into it. We're going to run into the gap on Sunday night at 7 o'clock. Invite everybody that you know to come and join us because we are going to pray against the forces of darkness. We're going to pray that that all of the wickedness in Washington, D.C. will be exposed. We're going to pray that supernaturally the January 6th um, prisoners are going to be released and that the truth is going to be exposed. So 7 o'clock, I'll get an email out here later today, 7 o'clock Sunday night, Eastern time. Join us for an hour for an hour of prayer, if you will. Okay, cool? Uh, yeah, okay, awesome. awesome. Okay, now look, a lot of stuff going on, man. You got a lot, a lot of balls in the air. Don't forget, I don't need to talk about the calendar. Next week, it's all going. If you're going to come, please do me a favor. If you're going to join us next week, email me or something. Let me know so I got enough food lined up and all that stuff. And what do you say? What do you have? And while we're having that uh, men's gathering, we're going to we're going to uh, we're going to do a little bit of work at Sky High. We're going to sm- smoke cigars and we're going to cut stinkers. That's what we're going to do. We're going we're going we're going to be men. We're going to sit around and we're going to be men. And iron sharpens iron. And if you're if you're anywhere close, we'd love for you to be able to, <clears throat> to get with us. Okay, I got to move because I got a guest with us today. Tom Munns is, uh, well, I could let Tom tell the story, but I don't want to take up all the time. Uh, through a series of a chain of events, I can't even really, I can remember them, but I don't want to repeat them. I ended up in Boise, Idaho, and speaking of a little event out there, and I ran into this guy, I ran into Tom Munns. And Tom Munns came up after the, after the service, and he came up to me and said, uh, uh, said basically said, I never read a book in my life. Uh, and uh, I don't know what's going on. And for lo- so a long time, I didn't really give a crap. But what you said tonight, uh, man, what do I do? And he has launched, he's been launched for the last, I don't know, it's been 10 years. I don't know how long it's been, Tom, 15 almost, years. Almost 20. Almost 20 years. From that day forward, that dude, this dude, his life was changed. And he's now a uh, regional coordinator, I may not have that right, for the John Birch Society. 
And some of you say, well, maybe you don't like the Birchers or whatever. I, I don't care about that. I, I care about Tom Munns and the work that he's doing. And I listened to him yesterday. Uh, on a, he, he sent me a copy of a radio interview that he had just done, and I listened to it twice. I thought, are you kidding me? First of all, I thought, I'm Dr. Frankenstein. How did I create this freaking monster? This guy has become Tom Munns. And I thought, that, you know, rather than me trying to say it to everybody, I'm going to bring Tom on and let him do it himself. So, Tom, come on in here, man. But look, Tom, this is interactive. People want to raise their hands, and I'll try to bring them in as we go. Uh, Tom, come on, Tom. Let us know what the heck is going on, and how do we get in this mess we're in. Hey, hey, George McCloy, listen, George. George, listen to me. Tom Munns was totally, completely uninvolved, didn't know, didn't care. And in an instant, one encounter with the Lord, he's been on a sprint for 20 years trying to wake people up to what's going on. Tom, what's going on? Well, I, I think to cap on what you're saying is that, um, you know, I equated a lot. People say, well, how did you get started? And I said, you know, it's it's like when you go to a men's retreat on the weekend. You guys have been to those, right? Yep. Um, I don't know if ladies have them or not. I think they do. Um, and where you, um, where you just come back and you feel like you're a different person. You feel like you're going to save the world and you're going to love your neighbor as yourself, you know, and you're going to, you're going to love God the way that you know you should. And, and, you know, it, 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 but by the time you're on your several hour, you know, drive home, you're already flipping somebody off or you're already <laughs> returning to yourself, you know, or whatever. And, I think that it's a, it's important that people understand, especially fellow Christians, understand what that feeling's like when you end up coming back and you feel like you're recharged and ready to do God's work, um, and 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 that fire burns so intensely, um, and that's kind of where I'm where I am. Um, of course, I've got you know I'm in this three you know twenty four seven three sixty five, and the one sad thing I never realized when when I got involved in this was there's not an off button. Mm. And and so that fire has to continue to burn, um, and it does. So um, I live every day like that. Um, you know, I love your intro. You know, um, any relationship to fire is something that I'm that uh, I, I feel very close to um, in that regard. So, um, what's going on? Um, well, yeah, Tom, what is what is the new world order? The Great Reset, all that stuff, and and you laid you laid it out so beautifully in that interview. Uh, this has been going. This, this ain't just starting to happen now, is it, Tom? No, it's been around. It's been going on for a long time. I mean, the, the, we can go back to in our studies and stuff. We can go back to um, even you know, aside from the biblical, we all know that we all know the war against good and evil, and so we're not going to go there because uh, we already know that. Um, but evidence of that uh, is permeated throughout everything that happens um, and scri as scripture completely unfolds. But uh, the John Burt Society in its book, um, in the published book that we had called Proofs of a Conspiracy by John Robeson in uh, 1789, I think, or 1798, um, exposes the truth about the Illuminati. And so when people are sitting there and they're like, oh, you Birchers, you guys are right wing extremists. You don't really know anything. And it's like, oh, yeah. Well, what do you know about what do you know about conspiracy? What do you know about the Illuminati that was, you know, the, the, the Bavarian order, the Illuminati that was created by Adam Weishaupt on May 1st, coach of 1776? What's May 1st? May Day. They celebrate commun that's a, That's the May Communist Workers Day. So yep. how, how how ironic is that, right? So you've got the <clears throat> so you've got Adam Weishaupt that has infiltrated the Masonic lodges. So there's a common misunderstanding that somehow Masons are Illuminati and Illuminati are Masons, and that's just not true. At least as far as I can tell from everything that I've read, you know there are certain threads of of similarities and things of that nature. But the thing that's really important to take away from this is that Adam Weishaupt's plan was to be able to infiltrate the Masonic lodges, to be able to use their knowledge, their wisdom, and their money to um, to as a launch pad to be able to create these, this order of the Illuminati. Now we've had interviews with people in um, Europe where, and this is kind of ironic where um, people have openly said that the study of the Bavarian order of the Illuminati is part of European history. But yet somehow when you cross the pond in America, um, America still thinks it's a radical conspiracy theory. So the next question then is, 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 um, is the Illuminati real? Well, we don't 
I mean, is it alive today? Not is it real? We already know that it is because George Washington actually had a copy of that book. And I believe he refers to it in his farewell address, um, if I'm not mistaken. But so what we have now is rather than wondering if the Illuminati is real or not, what we're looking for are similarities. Right. So, um, you know, our is what's unfolding right now really part of Adam Weishaupt's plan? And what you're finding out is that it is. And so there's evidence upon evidence upon evidence that really this global cabal that has been created for uh, this generational, you know, cabal that has been created wants two things. They want a, um, they want a, an anti-God one world government. And so everything that they have done has been working toward that those ends. And so when you go back and you look at history, of course, everybody knows or everybody thinks they know, you know, common names like David Rockefeller and, you know, and Amstel, you know, Rothschild and all of that. So all of these guys are huge players in this game. But some of the newer ones are people like, you know, the Bill and Melinda Gates Foundation that we all know and George Soros. And you can go back a little further and look at Henry Kissinger and you can look at Mikhail Gorbachev and you can look at, you know, all of these um, major elitist players. But every single thing I've been talking to people a lot lately and telling people, look, you might have a train derailment in Ohio or you might have uh, gender neutral policies in Boise or you might have, you know, you might have porn literature and libraries in Meridian, or you might have, you know, you may have all of that. But if you look at things as a single issue, you're going to miss it. If you don't have a firm, basic understanding of the, um, of the foundations, if you will, using biblical, um, using a biblical reference, if the foundations are destroyed, what, what can the righteous do? Well, I would argue that if we don't understand the foundations of, of, of either good or evil, we're going to end up not, we're going to end up slaying the, the, the branches rather than the root. So when you go back and you look at the formation of the count of the council on foreign relations, the establishment of the federal reserve, you know, uh, the history of trade agreements, um, you know, they're, they're, their command of taking over the environment and the fact that people, you know, that, um, you know, that animals should have rights and things of that nature, what they're clearly doing in every entity through healthcare and, um, you know, and government associations and war on water and the economy and the environment and family and freedom and law enforcement and energy and, you know, cars and property and freedom of speech, the size of the family, how many kids you can have, you know, how you're supposed to raise your kids, where they're going to end up going to school, what they're going to be when they grow up. Everything has one thing in common. And that is, and I feel like I'm already speaking to everybody that knows this, so I don't want to really want to bore anybody. Um, <clears throat> but, um, but the one thing that the John Birch Society has, has talked about um, since 1958 and made our major agenda item is getting the U.S. out of the U.N., not necessarily because the U.N. is the head of the snake. I don't believe they are. I believe that it was a creation. And to be able to make my point clear, I'm going to make a bold. I'm going to I'm going to make a bold. And it, it's its attempt to be able to bring around a world government through the League of Nations. Um, the Congress at that point had. Um, was concerned about sovereignty. They decided that they weren't going to go into it. The global elitists that fund both sides of the war decided that they wanted to make a major war because they didn't want to make, they wanted to make sure that all of these nations submitted um, to the formation of the UN. So I would argue that the outcome for, or the design for world war two was to boot, was to, um, was to bring about the United Nations, the war to end all wars, if you will. And what ended up happening was um, we ended up submitting in fear. Well, I would argue today that World War Three is um, is to bring about the Great Reset. And so whatever World War Three looks like to you, um, I can tell you that I believe strongly that there's enough evidence to provide that if World War One was true and World War Two is true, then then why wouldn't World World War or what they're designing this chaos uh, to be around World War Three would look to bring in the Great Reset because everything is pointing at the Great Reset. So, Tom, I go back to 1970. Uh, I, was, I was a senior in high school. I graduated in 71. We had Earth Day. You guys all remember that? Mm-hmm. Earth Day. We celebrated that, like, whatever the heck that meant. But, Tom, that was really one of the launching pads for this new world order here in modern America, was it not? 
It sure was. It sure was. Yep. And so when it did, so there were some things that had happened back then. Obviously, the formation of the UN. You can go back to. I downloaded several of the conference documents and I started reading them. But when I when I couldn't seem to gain traction and and, and or anybody to listen to me about what they are, I just kind of stopped and just kind of maintained that information for myself. But the the real launchpad came in 1992 at the Rio de Janeiro conference. They ended up having the um, their climate change conference over there on sustainable on sustainable development where the uh, term agenda 21 was created well a lot of people will say i'm starting to find out that activism has a huge psychological component coach and so what i think what i think it is is the more active we become the more psychologically astute we become in understanding how people are manipulated and how we're going to try to unmanipulate them or remanipulate them in the right way Mm -hmm. if you will um and and so we have um, people say that they've heard of something. Therefore, if they've heard of it, they understand it. And that's the first misconception that we have as activists, assuming that when people start using the terminology that we use, that somehow um, they, you know, they know as much as some of us that have studied the issue intently. So Agenda 21 was designed really, you know, people like, yeah, I've heard of it. It's like, OK, well, when did it start? Well, I don't know. Well, then you obviously don't know the topic. So it started in the Rio de, at the Rio de Janeiro conference in 1992. The idea behind Agenda 21 is that the infrastructure in this 341 page document, I have the book it's heavily highlighted a lot like my script my book my bible but um i can go in through several issues relating to that but it was the idea that the infrastructure that was planned within that book was going to be implemented sometime in the 21st century well i think it was 2015 where they actually had uh, significant advancements in the environmental agenda and they called it agenda 2030 I think that was 2015. And they outlined 17 uh, SDGs, which are sustainable development goals on what they want to do. They want to end all of the things that the totalitarians in history um, have ever done. They want to eradicate poverty and they want to elevate women and they want to, you know, they want to make children smarter than their parents. And they just, you know, they want to end food, you know, food shortages and all of that, all while doing it. And so, you know, th- th- we live in we live in an age of 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 complete mm-hmm. irony, and it's ridiculous. So, so Agenda Twenty Thirty now is firmly in place. The one thing that I'll tell you about this absolutely brilliant plan is that when you go through and you read the documentation, and and I had an Agenda Twenty One expert. Um, if you got man, they're they're amazing. They're in, they're the way they publicly speak are weird. If you've ever had a researcher as a, as a, as a podcaster or a public speaker, it's a, it's, it's rather an, an, an interesting hour. Uh, they're full of graphic data, but you can bore people to tears, but the, um, these people, they go through and they talk about all of this. Well, when you go through the book, the book is, is very vague. Um, it will say, okay, well, we need to do this and we should do that. And this is what this, the, the cities and the states and the countries need to do. And, you know, in order for them to sort of get some sort of buy-in, you know, where you try to find any sort of specificity is where we start running into some issues. Oh, well, does Agenda 21 Sustainable Development clearly outline 15-minute cities? Well, no, it really doesn't. But when you read the documentation, what they're clearly saying is they want to, uh, they want to, you know, they want to measure, monitor, and manipulate every facet of life for not only humans, uh, for individuals, but each of the governments, so that the United Nations can maintain control over all of those issues. And so you can surmise from all of that. Oh well, if they're going to implement a one-child policy, then you can probably go to the population control documents or the population control notes uh, from the population control conference that the United Nations has. That most people don't realize that's happening. The other part of that is the United Nations has has uh, China has a very strong. Um, they have a very strong influence, ironically, um, in the Charter on Human Rights in the United oh, Nations, yeah. you know, as these as these delegates to the U.N. And so what America is doing, whether it's um, I Im- I would say that it's intentional because I think FDR said that clearly enough. Yeah, he but, um, these down there. He was eating these. Yeah, I'm, so you can. So I guess what I'm saying, I, what I'm saying is, is, 
I think we can see it all. Um, those of us that understand what it looks like and have done the homework, we can actually see the infrastructure with the naked eye and and other people just cannot. And so I refer that to, you know, the the part in biblical scripture where it says eyes to see and ears to hear. If, if you're not willing to hear the truth and you don't have the and you've got blinders on, there's no way you're going to see what's going on. And so that's why it's critically important to be able to do that. We ended up um, one, the, one of the two greatest, well, the, the New Americans, the greatest publication we've ever seen. And I, I don't think I would have admitted that even even two years ago until I started. I always thought it was great. Don't get me wrong. Um, but we came out with a publication um, called The Great Reset. And so when this one talks about The Great Reset from so many different areas, and then the one that's really interesting that I'd love to be able to send you guys, if you don't, if you can't get it on your own, I don't know if you can even see this, but it's the um, the UN's New World Religion. When you start getting, I mean, this is all stuff that you think you know, but the way that they go into details on this issue, it should be in the hands of every pastor, without let a doubt. Me, Tom, let me let me take you back here a second because, uh, again, folks, this is Tom Munn's good great buddy of mine lives in Boise, Idaho, so we appreciate you getting up with this, Tom. I'm going to open it up and let some of you jump in here in a second. But Tom, Tom, we have to go back and we have to look, go back even to after, after the Second World War and the establishment of the uh, United Nations. Their number one goal, one of the things they had to do is they had to undermine every one of our institutions. And folks, if we think about what happened right after you know, the sexual revolution took place and the women's revolution took place and the Vietnam revolution took place, and then the destruction of the, uh, of the natural family and birth control and and here we see that it continues to go on. See, women's liberation, Tom, is almost dead because it has been replaced by what? Homosexual liberation, right? So mm-hmm. now a, a a transgender man has more standing than a woman. You got folks, do you see what's going on? And it's a constant churning and spinning over of our traditions so that at some point we reach a, a we, we reach a generation or a time where there is no connection to those old values. They had to destroy all of those old values and able to give us a new world order. Am I hitting this okay, Tom? Yes. And I think the best thing, if you guys haven't seen, um, obviously there's a lot of books and everybody likes to refer to a lot of books, but uh, one of the books I was just looking for just now is, um, is uh, I can't even remember the author, but um, it's called the uh, it, the conspirators hierarchy, the story of the committee of three hundred. Um, it goes into the Aquarian conspiracy. It goes into rock and roll. Um, and I actually was, am an '80s rocker, so <laughs> I took I took real offense to that when I first read it. But when I read it in the book's entirety, um, it, it it becomes very very clear that you know when you look into the um, creation of the British East India Company, you look at the Boston Tea Party, you know you look at um, you you know you look at the subversion in china you look at what the british have wanted to do these british people are not like what we have been told they are and somehow that they're these you know they're these great moral people because or i shouldn't say the british people because people could say that about america and america has been hijacked by the council on foreign relations and other organizations but there is this there is this controlling mechanism that's been in play for a long time and the conspiracy hierarchy is a book that that honestly it 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 outlines every organization that i think that there is that have these global oligarchs in them um, and talks about the point of why each one was created. And that's just not something that, that's just not a book that comes easy to people because when you have to recognize that you've believed a lie for so long and you see as much truth as this book has in it, you can't walk away from it and deny it. So the kings of this earth, Psalm 2, the kings of this earth have conspired against the Lord and against his anointed. This is ultimately is what is who's, who's going to be king, folks. Who's going to be king in the world? Is Jesus Christ king of kings? Or are these Luciferian-led men going to be king of kings? And they've been undermining us every organization, everything they do. The enemy does it with the intention of destroying, number one, the image of God, right? The rightful authority of God. And they are relentless in how they are doing it. And because we don't understand it, because they're so good at, at uh, you know, bait and switch, that they're coming at us from so many different directions, we don't really understand exactly what it is that's going on. That this is a plan that is being laid out and 
it goes back a long, long way. Now, Tom, I'm going to let some of these folks get in here because uh, uh, this will this will go a lot of lot of different directions. But but Tom, the idea of the Illuminati, uh, uh, you talked about the uh, you didn't talk about it, the skull and bones and all these secret societies. This is this does in fact lay at the heart of the attack of Lucifer on dare I say it the American way. True. Yes. And evidence of that could be looking at the UN with their support of Alice, Alice Bailey, which isn't even a real person. She's some, some allegedly some new age mysticist that created the Lucius trust, which is now called the Lucifer trust. I mean, is there any better connection that's needed to make in why we should get out of the UN as a Christian Amen. nation? Mm-hmm. And of course they're really trying to push her. Henry Kissinger, the new world order, yada, 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 yada. Look, Tom's a, Tom's a wealth of energy. I'm going to just kind of let you guys come in here. Hey, tell him a story, not your life story. And uh, Tom can back up everything that he says, by the way, Tom, uh, where do they go? If they want to get some information, like you talked about the John Birch society and they have this flyer and this flyer and uh, folks, look, I, uh, I don't know where you are with the John Birch society. They've been around a long time, but as Tom said to me the other day, Dude, they have been right on with everything they've been saying since back in the 1960s. Agreed, Tom? Yes, and I will actually go so far as to say that if people have a problem with the John Birch Society, they might be part of the problem and not the solution. Because what it shows is that they become they have become um, a part of the successfully propagandized um, um, element that the the insiders have decided to do. Every argument that the John Birch Society has is merely exposing the truth, and we've and we've got enough evidence to be able to make that claim. The California report that came out by the the Senate Fact Finding Subcommittee on Un American Activities back in the early seventies, when Robert Welch basically said, you know, we we understand that you guys feel that there's a threat of communism, and we'd like to invite you in to do a full investigation on the John Birch Society and let us know what you come up with. And we've been fully vindicated at that point. But the problem is, is that so many people are trying to obtain. We live in this this information age where we try to process as much information as we can. And so part of that processing is making a rash judgment on something so that you can move on to something else. And the problem is, is that we're missing the truth in so many areas. And that's another way that these insiders are so successful. So the John, the, uh, Robert Welch had a um, he had a white paper. He did a video. Uh, on 10 ways that, um, you know, um, I think it was called 10 predictions. There was one called 55 predictions. Um, and you guys, every one of those, every one of those predictions that Robert Welch had talked about came true. And what people are doing now with the, with the Republicans is they're pointing out to the speech that uh, Ronald Reagan gave. Um, but in 1962, maybe, but what they're not realizing is that Robert Welch had outlined that and more in more detail, um, you know, several years earlier. So Jonathan, whoever's, maybe you can Google that Jonathan, uh, Robert Welch and uh, uh, speak to the speech to the UN or whatever. That'd be really good. Maybe you can put that in the chat. I got a lot of people, Tom, I'm ask you a lot of questions. Let's try to sure. Uh, this won't be easy. This ain't going to be easy. Judah, you had your hand up first, John. Come on in. Hey, Tom, uh, coach hit it right on the head. And uh, thanks for sharing. Um, if you have a, a website or an email, um, I definitely can share you some information that will add value to your research. Uh, anybody who's in this battle is doing their own research and they're educating themselves. And, um, you know, mine's just a story of experience. You know, I grew up in a Masonic home. And my dad finally denounced the Masonic Order at 58 years old and died a year later. And um, with that, um, my discovery, you know, the North American Illuminati is actually located in Grand Rapids, Michigan. You know, the families that run that in North America are from the Dutch British Royal Banking Cabal, which is the DeVos family, Mm -hmm. who is the Amway Corporation along with Fred Meyer, that is the North American Illuminati-centric. But when people talk about Masons, I hear the topic, and you mentioned you know, Masonic or Masons aren't bad. I will say this in, in retrospect, it's just education, because it's worldwide. You know, you have Eastern Masonry versus Western Masonry. They're both bad. Why? Because you hit it on the head. They started the foundation of Lucis Trust. 
their goal is to raise Lucifer in the UN as the Phoenix. And so in terms of sharing that, so people understand that, that that's in New York. But when they're raising the Phoenix, they're raising Lucifer because they believe it's the thousand points of light. And in his understanding, that whole aspect of that church, that's their religion. And each Masonic degree that you take is called a ritual. That ritual is black magic. You've opened yourself to the occult in any form of masonry. Masonry is black magic. That is why the Van Andels own the Orlando Black Magic basketball team. (laughs) And their infiltration of the NBA, the NFL, and all these organizations to control the, the masses of the people. But in terms of this, your studies, they're fabulous. And connecting with people and understanding what they were doing. You know, people don't even know this. The Amway Corporation is actually the backbone to Amazon. Amazon Corporation, that whole group, goes through a DARPA organization out in California called Perkins & Coy. Perkins is the lawyer arm that set up Facebook, that set up Amazon that set up Twitter, that set up these organizations. What do you know? Their logo is a Masonic Hall. All right, Judge, you're dragging us down. Not not that you're wrong, but you're dragging us down. Well, well the some thing of us are going to drown. The, gra- the greatest part about those, it's being exposed. And Amen. for all of us, if you're not educated, you're not sharing and exposing it, they can get away with their plan. But Amen. if we get in there, and rip the doors off of it mm-hmm. with the blood of Christ. Mm-hmm. Their victory. Amen. Amen. What yeah, you say, Tom? You to send me your man. I'm I'm interested. I mean, by you the know, way, I put I put Tom's email in the chat. By the way, yeah, I'm an information magnet. So if you've got something, send it for sure. I appreciate that. Amen. Yeah, Joe Allen. Yep. Go ahead, Joe. Now, my father was like Jews and denounced the Masons. I got uncles still was uh, part of it. But when you talk about Agenda 21 and Agenda 30, that falls under the DOJ system. The DOD, Department of Defense, has the same thing. And we did a family history. Our family from, from Scotland. And when we went over there, every block has a Masonic Lodge. Every block in England has a massage large. So when we had President Bush Sr. stood up there in Congress in 92, said this is going to be the new world order. Well, not only that, uh, Craig Mickle just texted on, he's the one that mentioned a thousand points of light. What was that, Craig? 9-11? Did I just see that? How (laughs) How far back does this go? Goes back a long way, yes, sir. Goes back a long way, amen. Tom, you want to comment? No, okay. Lauren, talk, come on in. I talk a lot, I know you do. Yeah, thanks, okay. good. Thanks, I appreciate all the information. Uh, this is my passion. Um, can you touch on that document that was signed at Yale that all these pastors and all these shamans and everybody got together? It's called a common word between between us bringing Islam and Christianity and Islam together. And like Rick Warren signed it, Bill Heibel signed it, T.D. Jake signed it. If you can elaborate a little bit more on that, I'd appreciate it. Um, I wish I could actually admittedly, um, and it's not often, but um, not that I'm smart. I just have never been had this happen, but um, no, I actually am not. I, I am aware that they're coming together. The latest issue of the Numerican talks about it in detail um, I actually haven't finished the article yet because um, in talking about the formation of that, but it is clear that w- they had talked about the fact that all of these uh, religions are um, moving together that are pushing the, um, you know, um, the uh, climate change agenda. So uh, that much I do know um, it's, it lists clearly about, um, you know, um, 
uh, it lists books and, and desires of churches and who's involved and things like that. But I honestly, I'm not aware of that. And I'll have so to yeah, so read that and read it. Let's, let's make this really simple. Psalm 2, the kings of this earth are conspiring against the Lord and his anointed. So, folks, th- this is what it is. Do you understand that the other team has a game plan and they are actively in, hey, friends, just look at what's going on right now with J6. Harry Reid, I'm sorry, Mitch McConnell and uh, the other dude, uh, Schumer, are on the same team. Do you see it, folks? Can you see and understand what's going on? And that the, the two-card money system of Republican, Democrat, conservative, liberal, young, old, rich. No, no, it's all divide and conquer. It's all to put you in one of those octopus legs I talked about the other day. You're just a leg, and we fight and fight and fight over the stuff that's going on, and we never go after the head. I think that's what Tom would be willing to say as well. Roger, come on in. Roger Weaver, then Roger Gates. Tom, real quick, David Horowitz has a book out called The Final Battle. Your thoughts, if you looked at that book or on his writings? No, I spend so much time doing Birch stuff that I'm really not. I'm not really looking at. No. Okay. No. No. Not that it's Thank not you. valid. Yeah. No. Not that it's not, not that it's not valid, but it's information overload, right? Let me, Dave. Let me follow up with the question. Then, Tom, is this our last election if things don't turn? I'm not a prophet, man. I, I, I would say that I, I would say that America's done if people don't become active. You know, I don't I don't want to. I have a lot. of. I'm in, in Idaho, you know, the last bastion of freedom for all mankind in the United States, which is a which is an absolute fallacy. But, you know, I have to spread a message of hope. Part of being an activist, is, as I'm sure Coach realizes, um, is that we have a lot in common in the fact that, you know, we have to try to figure out bringing how to bring hope to people that have that are stuck in absolute despair. People believe that there's no that there's no hope for our country. How can we save our country if people have so easily given up? And so I am very reluctant, although I might have my own thoughts and feelings about certain things. Um, that actually isn't one of them, by the way. But um, it's focused more on how I can be that um, how I can be that kind of leader that people are looking for to at least offer support um, and and some um, and empowerment in a time where it's absolutely needed. The fact that people are just not willing to engage uh, when when we still have the ability to me as Americans shows how weak we've become. And Thomas, so really- Thomas spent the last 10 years of his life at least uh, traveling from state to state, meeting with law uh, police officers, police chiefs, law enforcement people, trying to awaken them to exactly what's going on. How's that been working, Tom? And it's actually been working great. Um, the, you know, and I, I should come back just for a second and say that, you know, um, I openly admit this and my wife's like, why do you do that? And I said, because I think people need the truth. You know, I am 60. Um, I did, of course, last year I didn't do much because um, I was sick, but um, I read my first book when I was 45. And I know many of you guys have been far read and you've been awake, awake a lot longer than I have. Um, you know, it, that's just a fact. So um, I have always openly proclaimed that I'll know if I know something, I'll tell you. If I don't, I don't. Um, it doesn't feel good to say that I don't know certain things, but not everybody knows everything. Um, I I would challenge to, you know, some of you to consider whether you've ever heard of the, you know, the new declaration for North America. I mean, there's just a lot of things that are going on. And I think that we become a crucial part of that when we come together with different pieces of knowledge that can help people understand the bigger picture. And I think I just had a post-stroke moment, coach, or, or a 60s moment. I forgot what you asked me. <laughs> Uh, I, I must have too because I've 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 forgotten it as well. So it doesn't matter. Roger Gates, come on in, the, and then Brett will follow him, and then Paul. Roger, Brett, and Paul, go. Yeah, I just want to share something that I found out, and this may apply to some of you all too. Uh, I live in Florida, and down here we have a lot of underground springs. Some of the most pure water in the country comes out of these springs. And I was a while back. I drove by one of the the, they're all in state parks down here. And you think that they that if it's in a state park, it's owned by the people, right? <laughs> I, I drove by there one day, this one place called Blue Springs. It's a major place. People go scuba diving there and all that. And uh, so I drove by there, and there is a bottling plant by Nestle, bottling water. Mm. 
So I went and did some checking on it. And Nestle is a multinational company. There's even investors from China. And then also there is a uh, government uh, group that's in there involved with it from U.S. government. So I checked that out. And turns out that Bill Gates is involved with it. <laughs> and they they're allowed to, they were allowed to get two hundred and fifty thousand gallons a day for bottling and and they went before a, a water district management down here and they gave them permission to start bottling a million gallons a day so mm. you know if the cities start going down and you don't have potable water to drink and you think well I'm just going to go and go get some bottling water somewhere and stock up on it, well, guess what who's controlling the water supply now? You know, and so this is one of the vital things that we're going to find out we're needing when everything starts happening. Because if you don't have water, it just you're done. You know, so uh, this is this is right under our eyes, and and they had to go before a judge to approve the million gallons a day, but the judges. there's no elected official involved with it. There's no people's voices. It's all done behind the scenes with with the uh, the uh, water management and all that. So you might want to check out where your where that is at in your area. Who who bottles water for a case that you don't have water to drink in your tap? Amen. 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 Hey, folks, don't ever thank you. Thank you, uh, Brett. Are you ready, Brett? Come on in, hey, folks. Don't ever forget this. Don't ever forget this. We're in the midst of a spiritual war, not a political one. We'll say it again. Our battle is against not against flesh and blood, but principalities and powers. But unfortunately, the spiritual realm appears in the natural. So we're dealing with natural problems. But behind the scene, it is a spiritual battle, the seed of the serpent and the seed of the woman. And the sooner you begin to look at everything going on with that lens, you're not going to be distracted by all this political stuff that's going on around us. We will not be saved through political means, although we have to use political means. That is not where the battle lies. The battle lies in the heavenlies. Uh, Brett, come on in. Hey, good morning. Thanks for coming on, Tom. And uh, appreciate all, all your knowledge. And uh, so I'm trying to figure out how to formulate this question. So knowledge knowledge is uh, knowledge is essential. So with all the things that the news is coming out with right now, J6, uh, all kinds of stuff about the uh, COVID crap, how that was brought upon us. Um, I just heard yesterday that since... Fox News has been coming out about J6. They actually locked all the prisoners down again, took Mm. away their meds, which they had done way back when, when they first uh, brought them into jail. So those guys are suffering once again. So, Tom, my question is all the knowledge, and I know everything's in God's timing, but, you know, the coach and all of us have been trying to formulate a plan on what do we do? So that's the question, Tom. I love it. It's one that everybody asks, and it was the one I wanted to talk about before we departed. Um, I, it's the number one question I get asked all the time. And when I was talking about this sort of psychological mind screw that we're all under, um, it puts not only does it put a lot of pressure on 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 people that are perceived as leaders of organizations or people or you know whatever, um, it, because it it really is a burden. It's one of those things that I we don't mind. I don't mind taking on uh, because I constantly think about it because I want to be able to make sure that I can, you know, to every man an answer, so to speak, right? So when we look at actions, I was talking to a lady yesterday just about this, and she's like, well, Tom, with all this stuff going on, what do we do? I'm like, well, for people that eat elephants, what's the best way to eat an elephant? And the best way to eat an elephant, I guess, is to be able to eat it one bite at a time. And so my argument is that if, if if we know that the enemy's desire is to be able to overwhelm the citizens um, with with all of these single issues, wouldn't it be easier for us to fight a little bit higher up the food chain and fight the creator of these issues? Now, I know that I think in Australia or there's some other countries where um, I believe that um, – uh, several political figures are actually banned from entering into the country. And now, granted, that seems kind of extreme to some people, but the John Birch Society has focused on one thing. If the people are not educated, then they don't know how to speak about what their about what their concerns are. I can find out that people all understand, oh, we've got lots of problems, we've got lots of problems. Um, you guys are a, a, a much more educated, far more educated group than most people that I talk to, uh, and that is just 
that's saying that exponentially, by the way. Um, uh, but the question then is, what do we do? And so we have to think about how we got here. Well, we got here because we have been subdued or we have been, you know, led down the primrose path, if you will, to believe that every all is well in Zion and come to find out that we're faced with a with the ginormous whatever it was. And so we've lived in ignorance and we've lived in trusting our government and all of that. But the, the essence of what's happened is we've been dumbed down. So everybody knows that for sure. But what people don't realize is we have to work on what the inverse of that is. If we got here through dumb, being dumbed down, then what we're going to have to do is be undumbed down, start learning about what we're talking about. And you know what's really funny to me? If I can start, I don't want to get too hot, Coach, so you can pull me back. But, but, um, but a couple of this is a long topic, so I'm sorry that I'm, I'm I might not give you the answer that you're looking for because I do I feel like I do have them. One of them is if somebody's going to ask what to do, then they better be then that tells me that they don't know what to do. And if you don't know what to do, then you're going to have to be willing to do what I'm telling you to do. Because if you're asking me and you don't know where else to go, then at least consider what I'm telling you. Amen. What I'm what I'm finding out is people are like, well, what they really want to do, Coach, is they're like, well. You know, I already know that there's no hope. So, um, so I'm just going to ask this guy, and I'm going to justify anything he says. Like with, uh, we've already done that, or I don't want to do that, and therefore yeah. they go on continuing to ask. So it's almost a defeatist question. So if you don't understand the frame of reference that's coming at you, what you're going to see, you're going to think that this person really wants to. You know, you've really got one on the hook, right? You've got somebody that really wants to be active. Well, that that does happen from time to time, but less likely than you would ever imagine. And so I, I, I would ask you, you know, what, what is the, are you guys now granted, this is dumb to ask you guys, but I mean, are you guys out in the street? Well, coaches, you guys all are, you know, and that's fantastic. And you've, you know, you've got all of those things that are going on, but what kind of information, what are you talking about? Are you talking about the issues that are extremely important that people should know? Are you trying to connect the dots? Are you, are you creating a, a community um, outreach programs in Grange Halls and in public venues to encourage people to come? Are you doing an outreach, handing out pamphlets and brochures and helping people understand what's going on? I mean, Bible tracts are fantastic, okay? I, I'm, uh, if, if the whole world tur- turned Christian overnight and it wasn't this sort of uh, evangelifish type of scenario we're dealing with now, I mean, that's another thing that we need to address. I drive by every Sunday and I see parking lots full of churches and are full of uh, uh, the parking lots are full. And they're praising Jesus while we're killing our babies in the legislature. Amen. Amen. And, yet, and yet nobody, nobody is going after these churches holding people accountable. I'm mm-hmm. telling you what, we have gotten to a place in this world where more, we're more apt to go, oh, well, I don't want to offend anybody. And forgetting the fact that accountability and, and, and judgment to me are not necessarily the same thing. If judgment's reserved for the Lord, and if iron sharpens iron, then that means that biblically we have the duty and the authority to each other to hold each other accountable if we happen to do things wrong and to enlighten those that that are unenlightened and there was a script that there were there were quotes in um there there were uh, there were quotes by our founders that said if you know if the people are ignorant let the government educate the people well that's a really interesting statement considering we were a citizens republic and the fact that we were supposed to hold government accountable but what Amen. it shows is the fact that we were supposed to have res- the people were supposed to have respect and the res- and the, the government was supposed to have respect for the people and that therefore none of us could be none of us could be manipulated so the action items are outreach you know, the John Burr Society has talked about magazines, the more membership we had. We launched the Power of 500 several years ago, and we believe that all that would be necessary is 500 educated and active souls in one congressional district. Now, if Robert Welch has been right in all of his 55 predictions for the last 50 years, then why would then why would be why would why would Americans be so frantic saying, oh, my gosh, there's nothing we can do and yet not say, well, we've got nothing else to lose. People are willing to throw out their Constitution um, because they feel like there's nothing else to do. But nobody's interested in, in, in performing Robert Welch's plan to be able to create the power of 500 to for us to be able to educate people on the same things that we're talking about right now. 
well. Truth be told, we, we all speak in our echo chamber. We've got our 5, 10, 15 people. But you know what? There's not any significant continual major outreach. And so we've started chapters to be able to try to do that. Well, most people aren't interested in the chapters because they, they've got their, well, I just want to join the GOP. Here's a group, ironically, that, that hates the GOP and what they've become and the establishment and all of that, yet runs to the GOP as the major mains of activism because they don't know how to do anything else. So, so we live in these we live in this world of ironies where I mean everything is just completely opposite of whatever it is, and yet we have so many so few people that are out there calling it what it is. And so you know, I mean, we're so there's so active when it all comes back to action. Action, uh, the John Birch Society says, education is our total strategy, and truth is our only weapon. Well, what does that mean? Well, that means that we need to educate people because the uneducation process is how we got here. So if we need to get back, we have to educate. And then the next thing I have to deal with is, oh, we don't have time to do that. It's like, okay, well, you know, there, there's this issue between lawful and unlawful. I'm not talking about legal and illegal, by the way. Well, sort of. Um, where you ha- everybody has to draw a line in the sand and figure out how far they're willing to go and what they're willing to do. And so m- m- most of us have neighbors that we've never even met. We, they don't know anything about us. They don't know anything about what's going on. We don't have any idea who knows what. I met two 16-year-olds in my gym yesterday morning when I, when I was in full judgment thinking, oh my gosh, my neighborhood's just gone to hell. And these people had just awakened to the global agenda as far as 2016. And yet somehow people looked at these people as little Mexican kids as if they weren't going to know anything and they know more than the average person twice their mm. age. And so, 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 so granted now we can go into now when I give the the 30,000 square foot view or the 30,000 foot view about what activism looks like, we have to go back and we have to look at specifics. So we've got, um, we've got porn literacy and library here. I mean, Idaho's on the map now all the time, like Ohio is. Um, but, but people are starting to get angry. Well, the, the one thing that we're running into right now is I'm starting to find out just from the way people act, they really don't know that much. They say they do, but they really don't. And so they're fighting porn in the library and they're fighting gender neutral policies in the school board, but yet they still want their kids in school. It's like the whole point of the the public school system through Horace Mann and John Dewey was to be able to take control of the children and make them wards of the state. Well, they don't obviously know this, and so somebody needs to talk to them. Well, I'm not going to talk to them. They're fellow liberty fighters, and I don't want to condemn the work they're doing. Well, who says you're condemning it? Why don't you hold them accountable and hold their feet to the fire? Well, you're not going to make any friends doing it. I'm telling you that. But you know what? If we don't start acting like, like, like there's a war against humanity, then we deserve to lose. And then we've got the gender neutral policy in the libraries and all of that. And, you know, I went to a gay pride parade in 2008, remember coach? And, yep. um, you know, and I wanted to be able to, we put the John 413 scripture on, on 500 bottles of water at my own expense. And we went down there and my, and my, um, and my, uh, my, um, my security guard was a Wiccan in four inch stilettos, um, which was <laughs> ironic, but you know, what's really funny is now in 2023, I'm asking all of my own people. I'm like, okay, so why is everybody so angry about porn and and gender neutrality in school? They're like, because they're coming after the children. I said, are you kidding me right now? Have you ever read the homosexual manifesto? And they're like, what? I'm like, how does we will sodomize your children as the first as the starting of the first paragraph uh, make you feel? The whole point of the agenda is the fact that not only does does the evil want to be able to destroy the traditional family, which has been the strength of any society, they have to go after the children. And Americans are so ignorant, they don't even realize that the totalitarians even openly talk about going after your children and changing the way that they think um, to be able to make sure that they become good global citizens as we're dealing with right now. And yet the school, and we're still, we've got $210 million school bonds and people are wondering whether they should vote on them or not. And people know that this stuff is happening in school, and yet they still allow their kids to go to school. And yet, wow. you know, and you know what? And so, what I'm saying is, is there's there's many modes of activism. I can I can tell you one level of success on a small note for some people that are um, a lot more elementary um, in in how to do this is. I made a list of all of the most popular of all of the most frequently people that I, frequent people I'd call my legislators, my congressmen, my governor. Um, uh, and so on my, uh, my, my highway department, my weed control district, um, you know, uh, my commissioners and all of that stuff. And I saw a pothole 
on the freeway between exit 24 and exit 25. And I thought, you know, this thing is really driving me crazy. And I thought, you know, when I get home, I'm going to go ahead and call them and I'm going to make sure that they know this. And I'm already assuming like most people do, oh, well, I'm not going to do anything. I'm not going to call because they're not going to do anything anyway. And I was indignant about it. So after about two months, I, I remembered and I called him and I said, you know, this is the last time I'm going to wait till I get home to do this. And so what I'm saying is there's a huge procrastination effort here where we all know that something needs to be addressed and we're not willing to do it. So I made this list of I made this list of people and I said, you know what, I'm going to go ahead and call the highway district while I'm driving on the road. And you know what? Within 72 hours, it was fixed. <laughs> Tom, you know? we're running out. Of we're out of time. Folks, Tom, I've been doing this a while. I've never seen him stacked up like this. When we hang up here, Tom, we're still going to, you stay with us. You don't go away, right? This is, this is the live broadcast, but we still got some people want to talk to you. Hey, folks, here's what, here's what I saw. We've got to stop treating symptoms, right? Symptoms. Mm-hmm. What is the problem? Here's the problem. They are lying to us. You shall know the truth, and the truth, if you know it, shall set you free. And because they're so good at not telling us the truth, we spend all of our time running down lies, right? We've got to quit treating the symptoms and go after the heart of the battle because that's the only thing, ultimately, the gospel is the only thing that will ultimately make us free. And we got to go, uh, we got to go war against the seed of the serpent. Tom, hang right in there with us. God okay. bless you folks. Hey, don't forget Sunday night, seven o'clock. We're going to be praying. Join us. I'll get an email out. See you on Monday.